Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. Are you going out tonight, Barry Flashing? <laughs> I don't know if I will. It looks like it might rain. <laughs> Did you ask for a year? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you one, Katie. <laughs> okay. It's a Netflix series. I'm keeping the rights. <laughs> this is history, you guys. That's not even me being disgusting. That is just history. I'm just going to let you guys keep digging this one. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to another lockdown episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined by the fantastic comedian, writer, podcaster, Viv Grosko. Solve crimes. Yes. Yeah. You've come to the right place. Thank I've you. Come to the only place, as far as I understand it. Yes. We are the only people equipped. The right levels of drunkenness and the right levels of crime fighting. Why 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 was it solving and not fighting? I think you should also be fighting crime. Oh, drunk women fighting crime is quite nice. Yeah. It could be a spin-off. You can have outfits for that. I think we can. I just made a face like that sounds really active. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a robot. There could be a mastermind who stays in a caravan. 
mm-hmm. and like has walkie talkies and coordinates everyone's behavior and just drinks oh. heavily. Okay, okay Taylor, do you Taylor. want to bag that? We it took me a long him. time to be like, that's the one for me. Yes, yes. no cardio, I'm in. <laughs> Yes. Okay, well, now that we've already started pitching our um, spin-off ideas, um, I have one question for you, Viv. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Uh, unfortunately, yes. I And I'd slightly buried this memory, oh, no. so thanks a lot for giving me the chance to dig it up. Um, in the, <laughs> Welcome in to the, trauma, with the yeah, trauma force. In the, I would say, uh, sort of mid-1970s to early 1980s, okay. I was growing up in Somerset, oh, in the I'm southwest so of England. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. no, that's not, that's not the terrible no, thing. No, exactly. Okay. You're about to hear the consequence of this. So this was, I would say, at that time, a fairly kind of sleepy part part of the world this is pre-internet a lot of people with a lot of time on their hands Mm -hmm. and there was just an epidemic of flashing so as a young uh, I don't want to say yeah I guess I was a child you know when I was in sort of age seven eight nine and going up into my teens I was full-on in the opening credits of Cagney and Lacey um, <laughs> most days of the week <laughs> that so I lived in uh, in a village and I would off we would often go walking out around the fields or go down to the river and stuff and the lots of flashes used to gather down around those parts oh my god and then you would also get sort of flashed and groped as people passed you by in the street so wow. I mean I'm making it sound like this happened um, on multiple occasions and it did yes. um, <laughs> oh, yeah wow. but the really good thing that I do remember nobody was ever at apprehended as a result of these crimes and no nothing bad ever happened to them but I did always report them to the police and my parents were always really good about encouraging me to report this to the police now I think maybe because they wanted to laugh um, (laughs) at what I would say to the police anyway let's assume not let's assume good intentions pre-internet there's no Netflix and chill you gotta get exactly I mean they would have an award-winning podcast now if that was their premise, yeah. like kids reporting crimes, yeah, kids who reporting cares about flashing? Yeah. I mean, who cares about my dad wrote a porno? Like my daughter saw a flasher. Yeah, like, why isn't that a thing? Oh my gosh! Yeah, but anyway, so I did have to report this on numerous occasions oh. uh, to the police, and it was always really, really embarrassing. Oh. The, the police were always quite well behaved and took it seriously. Yeah, but they had to always say to you, you know, what exactly did they do, and what exactly did you see? Yikes! And that was just really excruciating. Yeah, that's I think a it's amazing lot to make a kid do. Sorry. Yeah, but it's amazing yeah. that they made you report it because actually, like, so many of these... I mean, I, we've had a lot of people talking about flashing on the podcast. And actually, if we go to... If we actually think about who actually um, went to the police and reported yeah. it, it's probably a very low percentage. And actually, I, I think a lot of men listen to this podcast and are amazed at how many dicks are in yeah. our faces the whole time in terms of flashes. So it's, it's kind of interesting because the stats would probably be relatively low on it. But if we all bloody... If lived. we'd all... Rep- like, yeah, you're helping the stats look real. <laughs> I, I am the stats. <laughs> I'm all the stats. I was all the reports of yeah. flashing in the UK in the 1970s and early 80s. It's such so an we- early intro to it, too, though, and to the whole system, because you were there having to own the details, which feel gross when you have to articulate them. Like, it's such a young age to... Yeah. I think it's great that you did that, but it's also like, wow, that's a How can lot. that not affect you? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think it wasn't... 
I don't want to say it wasn't that big a deal because I think that's unhealthy and probably untrue. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't feel that it was because I hadn't been physically touched. You know, this was always mm. at a distance. This is and, the, the barometer, isn't it? Like. Yeah. And so I always felt like, and I don't know, I had, I felt like I had, a, maybe I'm putting this on my earlier self, but I think I had an awareness that there must be something wrong with these people. Interesting. You know, Interesting. The, not not to feel sorry for them or, or to yeah. to excuse what they do, but I remember thinking, you know, these people are a bit sad. The problem and is I with do, them, I, you felt yeah. that. Yeah. And I think I did know from about the age of nine or ten that this was a really famous thing in Cagney and Lacey. That for people who haven't seen it, I really recommend looking it up on YouTube. It's this famous opening credit where... <laughs> The two detectives who were like the only women detectives on television for about 30 years, they were walking down the street and Mary Beth gets flashed and she says something back to him and he's crestfallen. And in interviews, the two of them would always be asked, what did she say? And they could never remember. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And so I always remember thinking that's a really good opportunity to give someone a put down. Mm. You know, even when I was a child, I can remember thinking that. And I, I really wish now I had said something like, yeah, you think you're flashing, but I can't see anything. <laughs> but, um, I, I never, my, my I never friend, did anything like that. So. I remember my friend's mum saying, um, oh, it's like a penis, only smaller. And then walking <laughs> off, which I think is quite a good burn. <laughs> wow, we could really break some men's egos with a... Uh... You... <laughs> Yeah, we've got this, guys. We're going to end flashing right now. You said that they would gather, though. So this is another angle that I haven't heard. Like, was there like a, was it like a conglomerate? Like a, a flash spot? mob? Were they a no, Were they unionized? I don't know if this is a country thing or a 1970s thing, but there were definitely places where weirdos yeah. knew they could go and be a bit weird and nobody would really they and wouldn't now get into comedy terrible. clubs are, are, are closing which is <laughs> but also I'm fascinated that you started this story by saying you know there was no internet but like because also now these guys could just wank they could get porn like they don't have to terrorise bystanders <laughs> Like well, I yeah, I meant. I wonder it if also that's made the go up or down. Oh, but where's the surprise in that? <laughs> yeah, well, I meant it. Also I mean that quite seriously. No, though, yeah, like, maybe it's a different. These thing. are the people that flash on Zoom, right? Like this is like you know the people that have actually. Yeah, that's in true. And, yeah. I don't know why I'm trying to think I can solve it with technology. <laughs> as long as we stay locked down, nothing will go wrong. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess this is a very bad time for flashers. They're one group who have not really been heard. Yeah. During the lockdown. And only the really tech-savvy ones can get their rocks off. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I'm i very proud of my parents during that period. Yes. Having, having got the police involved. Yeah. yeah. I yeah it made me think, you know, the police will listen to your story. They'll do fuck all, but they will listen to your story. Yeah. But you Do know, you know like, what that does too? Is it's an immediate message of this is illegal. This is not. It's actually not okay. Because most of my experiences up to like twenty five, I'm like life is very gross. You know, yeah. I just had no idea what like, was that's illegal. A shame. I guess yeah, it's fine sh- though. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I'll well, write I think about it's it. also the idea, you know, for older children or young women that. 
when something like that happens to you and when much worse things happen the victim often thinks that they did something wrong mm. or that they did something to invite it yeah and if you immediately get believed and you get encouraged to report it yes. it doesn't even cross your mind to think that yeah yes actually it's very validating yeah exactly yeah that's... wrong has been done to you come speak of it yes yeah. we uh, should start a campaign actually absolutely. i think we're in a good position in terms of like the um, yeah the sheer amount is is incredible of people who just get flashed the whole time yeah and if everyone reported it you know it would it would become but more i of mean a... like yeah because like even in this sleepy town if everyone that it had happened to reported it there would have been a deluge of reports and then they would have had to have some kind of fucking think tank to go okay guys what are we gonna do about this flashing problem hundreds and thousands of children uh, also, um, <laughs> I remember a few. There's, there's not that many people in the entire population of the town, but yeah, good point. But <laughs> in my film version of this, there will be. Um, but yeah, but like you know, y- y- you got to be able to see it to solve it. Flashed I'm... in Dagenham. <laughs> Wait, you don't know where Somerset is, do you? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a long like... way from Dagenham. Yeah. <laughs> Dagenham is but, East London and Somerset is towards Devon. Yes. Yeah, not bad. Not yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, Somerset. So, yeah. What they can't see is me doing some sort of cocky head maneuver like sassy that move makes there. me smart. <laughs> I've lived here for 16 fucking years. Like, I better know. <laughs> it's quite, you were close enough, Taylor. Come on. Yeah, but, but also, like, a few weeks ago, we had Laura Lex on the podcast, and she told us a story about um, when she was flashed twice in the same day by the same man in Somerset. In Somerset, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, oh yeah. that was Somerset. It was yeah. Somerset. They, they'd be some busy flashers down there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going out tonight, Barry, flashing? <laughs> I don't know if I will. It, it looks like it might rain. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's going in the movie, you guys. <laughs> um, anyway, we have Pivotal one scene. End scene. <laughs> we, have, we have one. Well, we have two questions. This is the second question. We always ask. Made in Taunton. I try. There you go. She got there. She got there. The capital, well done, the capital of Somerset is Taunton. Well done, Taylor. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, I'm just gonna have a bite of my barley risotto. Carry on. Okay, you congratulate so, yourself on that knowledge. While Taylor can't talk, I will ask you the other question. Um, what would you say if you had the perps now, Viv? Oh, I would just castrate them. <laughs> I would not say anything. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. I'm going to start this case at the point where a woman gets arrested for indecency. <laughs> oh, <laughs> twist. I know. I didn't Somerset. I- <laughs> hey guys, equal opportunities. Come on. Yeah. Yes. Well, my first Women question, can be criminals too. We absolutely can. I we mean, get 17% less of the loot, but it's fine. <laughs> so yeah. the woman has been arrested for indecency, did you say? Yes. Right. Um, my question to you is what was she doing? You Ooh. did say indecency and not indecent exposure. I said indecency, yes. Indecency, so could be pissing. It could probably be. pissing. Um, unlikely to be a sexual act because I think it would be termed differently. Mm-hmm. So it's nudity or pissing or defecation. Okay, I love it. Any advance on this? 
I think depending like when we're talking, if we're talking like olden timey days, it could just be having an opinion. Like it's sort of because we don't know when this is yet, right? So That's right, yeah. It could be anything. It could be blasphemy, right? It could be a a lady saying yeah. shit or piss. It could be or it shitting could be or pissing, having, yeah. having short hair. Oh, it could be anything, couldn't it's it? Positively indecent. Yeah. Yeah, I went sort of Victorian times like did she show her calves? Okay. Like it could be, yeah, leg exposure, lower leg Arrested exposure. Okay. Reasons. I'm going to give it to Taylor. Uh, not Ooh. quite right, but the, the correct answer is she was wearing a one-piece swimming costume. Oh. Wait, can you tell us the year? Or you, no, well, that is my that. follow-up question, okay. which you guys have touched on. Um, what year is this? For so wearing what, a one-piece swimming costume. What were they yeah. wearing before one-pieces? How many pieces? We're going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> well, so in the 1920s, people would still get changed inside those big voluminous bathing towel things. Yeah. And they would go have, you know, those... You had, you had a little house that yeah. you could wheel out into the sea. That, that was been... in the... Yeah, that was in the 20s. So maybe you weren't allowed to wear a swimming costume then. Okay, so 1920s from Detective Groskop. Property was much affordable in the in the UK back then, much more. <laughs> Although I'm also thinking if this, right. if this was in France, then you would probably get arrested for indecency for wearing a swimming costume. <laughs> <laughs> Very so. true. It's, it's the one piece thing that confuses me because that feels like the most sort of normal thing to be wearing but I mean but before that did I can't remember because men used to wear those sort of full pajama level kind of um swimsuits mm -hmm. and me when you do you remember when you went to a swimming lesson and one kid would have to wear the pajamas and fall in the pool and pretend to be drowning <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> so maybe it was something to do with that so I, I guess so what's um, what's uh okay my guess is 1997 <laughs> Oh, Hannah, you didn't guess the Titanic for once. No, I didn't. I didn't because I, I don't want to give you too much of a good thing. Okay. <laughs> so there's old footage of women playing tennis in like full gowns. Okay. So that had to have been like, if that's what you had to wear during sport, then I think there was a time when you wore like a skirt and a top. Okay. So a one piece. I'm going to go with, did you ask for a year? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give you one, Katie. <laughs> 1898. Okay. Um, so if Hannah had given her Titanic answer, she would have been the closest. You're fucking kidding. It's 1907. 1907, oh. wow. Oh, Hannah, it was your moment. Oh, I God. was so counting on Hannah's say. I had so many jokes ready. <laughs> oh, I knew, fucking knew it. I knew this would happen. Okay. So, I can't although... wait to actually do the Titanic as a case, as a case, like, um, yeah. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> um, so, and also, Viv was close too with the 1920s. So, we are in Boston, Massachusetts. At Re I'm not going to pronounce this right. Revere Beach, Revere Beach, Revere Beach. Anyway, it's in Boston. Revere, um, like Paul Revere, I'm like yeah. R E V E R E. Yeah, Revere, Revere. Okay, Paul cool. Revere rode on a horse. But Katie, I was close too. With 1898. I just yeah. want to, like, don't leave me out of the... <laughs> You're right. You know what, you guys? It was a tie. Thanks. Um, so cool. this is the story of Annette Kellerman, a multi-talented athlete and actress, and she is not from the USA herself. She's actually from Australia. 
As in Kellermans, as in Dirty Dancing. Oh. Ah, yes. Okay. Well, it could be. I mean, it could be where they got the name from. Uh, Kellermans, we... Yeah! It could be. So... Before we get to a bit of background and why she is here revolutionising swimwear, um, question, how do you think the trial goes? Do you think she gets sent to prison or will the judge decide it's fine she for bitches? She goes to trial. Show like their she, this is... ankles. Yeah, she gets arrested. There's a court date. I don't know, but I thought it would just be, mm. like, settled. Wow. Okay. This is interesting. I think Annette Kellerman is a wealthy woman. Okay. And I'm not just saying that because her family went on to found the greatest <laughs> hotels in the Borscht Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, but I think with a name like that uh-huh. in Boston, wearing a swimsuit, having the guts to wear a swimsuit and do this in that year, which is quite early. Yeah. I think she must have been quite wealthy and quite cool. Okay. So I wonder if... When she goes into the dock, she's able to kind of make a case for herself and she's able to show that she's a woman of means, which means that she can get off. Okay, so you think she had a financial advantage, class advantage. So she, by the way, she's not from America. She's from Australia. Oh, dear. Then it's all gone wrong. As soon as she opens opens her mouth. (laughs) Okay, so we've got, so we've got Hmm. Detective Groskop says she gets off. You guys think she goes down or you think she gets off as well? And did you say she's a sportswoman and... Yeah, she's an athlete and I'll, I'll tell you all about her in a sec. I just wanted to get your ans- answers for the trial and then we'll come back to it. I think she's found guilty, but then, oh boy, there's an appeal. Okay, And Great. stuff happens. She, op- she starts her own line of swimmer. Hold swimmer. that thought, Detective Glenn. Hold swimwear. that thought. Well, I mean, I guess... Swimmer. Okay. I guess if it, if it was illegal, it, it was illegal, and she was wearing it, so I'm, she would be found guilty. I, I, I think. Okay. But then maybe she goes on to perhaps change the law, or something like that. Okay. Um, your answers are all fantastic, and I will tell you who is correct after these messages. <laughs> we're not. We're not taking a break. I just. Um... <laughs> okay, we're back. Quick background check because I am a good detective. Annette Kellerman was born in New South Wales in 1887. Her parents are musicians. As a kid, she had rickets and weak legs, and she had to wear leg braces to strengthen them. But so um, did everyone. I mean, sure. Um, to further overcome her disability, her parents enrolled her in swimming classes at Cavill's Bath, a tidal swimming pool in North Sydney. Um, by the age of 13, her legs were practically normal. By 15, she'd mastered all the swimming strokes and won her first race. And at this time, she was also giving diving displays, like, all sorts. Um, So I don't want to get too bogged down in her glittering swimming career, but she basically invented synchronised swimming, you guys. Like, she's she's amazing, I know. So she set records while swimming the ladies' 100-yard and mile championship of New South Wales. She does displays, she does diving, she does stunts, she does vaudeville shows where she dives into stuff. She does long-distance swimming. She swam 26 miles, which is 42 kilometres. Uh, she wins more stuff. She dresses as a mermaid and swims in an aquarium fish tank. Um, oh, living the dream. No one told her to do that one. She just felt like doing it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but she is living the dream. And, uh, also, so I she... love synchronised swimming. I love inventing that, being like, well, so, like this she, should be it, better with friends. It's better with friends. She, did, like, they could, like, she started doing this thing that, that she was calling water ballet in a glass <laughs> tank. She did this big show in the New York Hippodrome eventually. 
just feel like some dude renamed it synchronized swimming and pretended he invented it, but she invented it. I never um, wanted it to be called synchronized swimming. It's water ballet. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> I do hate it though. If it was renamed by some bloke, synchronized swimming is a better name. Like, it just is. I don't know. I kind of like water ballet. But anyway. Also, I don't know that it was renamed by a bloke. I'm just. Just projecting. Spitballing, yeah. Um, Synchronized swimming was very maligned in my household, and we were regular Olympics watchers, but synchronized swimming would come on, and we'd be like, no. Wow. Yeah, we were taught to be like, no, not a sport. They just put Vaseline in their hair, and they jerk around, and it's weird. (laughs) Like, there was this real, like, no... That's amazing. It is kind of strange. Like, they're treading water and going... But it's It's... so pretty and mesmerizing. But I think synchronized swimming, it wasn't an Olympic sport for for men for many years. It's only recently men are allowed to compete as synchronized swimmers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, food for thought. She was also one of the first women to attempt to swim the English Channel. Oh, the first? One of the first women. Oh. Question, did she succeed in swimming the English Channel? Nope. She just started synchronizing (laughs) halfway. There was a French woman (laughs) swimming from Calais and they were like, dun, 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 dun. Such shade from Detective Glenn. I think she would have done that pretty easily. Okay. So we're going to, yes. what we know of her overcoming her rickets. Okay. Yeah, I think that she's maybe a person who wouldn't attempt it unless she knew she could do it. Like, I do that. I, when I literally serve myself dinner, I know I can't eat that much, but I try anyway. <laughs> it's and very I think, similar. It's a similar it? challenge. I guess I'd say I'm a sportswoman at heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know your limits. That's I the do. most important thing. Synchronised <laughs> dining from the HG household. <laughs> I'm really sorry to say she did not succeed in swimming the English Channel. No. She's only quite amazing. She's not completely amazing. Um, But she did break a record. She attempted it three times. She failed each time, saying later, I had the endurance but not the brute strength. Her first attempt in 1905, she got three quarters of the way there in ten and a half hours, which was a record at the time, and captured the attention of the world. Um, How how far... What's the distance most people swim in the English Channel? Because you had said she'd swum... 26 miles. Yeah. How big is the, the English Channel that the, the route people do? Does anyone know? Um, well, did she, they said she did 75% of it. So it's yeah. like 30 miles then. You know like what, 35. though? I guess maybe the sea is difficult. I'm going to Google distance of the English Channel. Have you told us, by the way, if she got off or you're still... How, oh, no, I'm leaving us? you hanging until the end. Okay, leaving us hanging. Got it. <laughs> I hope that's not a clue, by the way, because I really don't want an episode <laughs> <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> That would be quite a tragic demise for this so far quite light-hearted crime. I'm Um, sorry, I'm making my Kellerman's swimmer ad in the background here. Where'd you get your Good, we're going to come back to that. Kellerman's. 21 miles. So in theory, she should have been able to do it. Oh, it's because of the current. It's the current. Also, it's murky as fuck. I just got back from the the coast. It's kind of very cold and murky. That's good field research. Thank you, Detective Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we're coming up to 1907 Uh, her daring deeds and competitive swimming bring her to America and she brings her diving Venus act Um, now at this time in America chicks are not allowed to feel the sun on their skin on the beach or in fact anywhere 
question, what were women supposed to wear as a swimming costume in America in 1907? Wow, so they are allowed to swim. I mean, but... it's almost a trick question, you guys. Oh. oh, well, like they're not allowed to swim. Is that why it's a trick well, question? Well, are, they are technically allowed to swim, but they Is have to like... wear all their clothes, basically. They can splash right. about so in a gown. They can't possibly swim. They had to wear um, like knee length puff sleeve wool dresses worn over bloomers with long stockings, bathing slippers and ribbon swim caps and corsets and stuff. Wow. Like as soon as you've got your wool dress wet, you're going to drown. There's just like no way you can possibly learn to swim. I've just in my head, I've just got this vision of them all surfing. And it's beautiful. <laughs> it's just mad. They'd just be, they'd look amazing, but would not be able to get up on their boards because of all the aforementioned wool. I was thinking of Sports Illustrated, which is an American magazine that's super famous. And it, this never seemed weird to me growing up, but they always did a swimsuit edition. Yeah. Which was basically, yeah, it was like soft porn for all the guys that subscribed to Sports Illustrated. And it just all seemed very normal. And I, I wonder if they ever did a 1907 edition. Because I can remember growing up and just seeing these very scantily clad women in bathing suits. Because that's It was sporty. just Black Pages, the 1907 edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the ba bathing slippers. I think they should have kept those. Because I handy. always want some of those shoes that mean you can't feel sharp things on your yes. feet. That's actually... So that would be good. That is a good idea. They should have... You're right. They should have kept that one going. A couple of I weeks ago, those. they were about four pounds in Lidl, just so you know. <laughs> okay, yeah. thank you. I'm, I'm straight down there. <laughs> so, straight out of nice. lockdown, down to Lidl for my bathing slippers. I squeezed Ooh, my, my size eight feet into uh, some size five bathing slippers because they're amazing. It just makes such a difference. Um, so I want to say Lidl aren't paying us to tell you that, but get down that middle aisle. Okay, and you know, maybe they'll be our future sponsors. Um, so, on the day in question, Kellerman is scheduled um, to be soon doing a 13-mile uh, meet in Boston. So she went to Revere Beach to train, but of course, everyone else is covered head-to-toe in fabric with all the corsets and stuff. So she's put on a men's bathing costume, and which is the thing that you guys alluded to earlier with, like, it's a one-piece, but it's got, like, long, like, arms, and it kind of stops at the knees, yeah. Oh, they were so cute. Yeah. So, um, so we can and we can put a picture when we tweet this episode or whatever. So she's put on a men's bathing costume, which covers her arms and half her legs, and she gets arrested because I don't know some narc probably narc to the cops. There's a woman enjoying swimming. Stop her. <laughs> she um, appears to be very very good at it. Yeah. We don't <laughs> like it. She's happy. Question: Was Kellerman shocked to be arrested? Okay. No. no, not remotely shocked. How okay. could you be shocked? Okay. She knew what she was doing. She must have been preparing for it. This is where this is all leading to. Yeah. She did this on purpose. She knew she was going to get arrested. It was publicity for her diving Venus act. And then it leads to her doing the swim airline. Okay, Detective Groskop is on the case. You are an asset to the force. The yeah, publicity. Also, I didn't even it's think a of that. Netflix, Netflix series. So I'm keeping I'm keeping the rights. <laughs> we, Damn, that, that is how rights work. We, <laughs> we've launched so many amazing series that haven't been made yet on the show. Yeah. We're gonna be busy. Oh, call it One Piece though. Oh, 
Wait. Yes. Um, so you are correct, but she claimed to be shocked. She was well, quoted as saying, "Me arrested? We were all terribly shocked, especially my father, for I was his innocent, protected little girl." But it's like me after dinner. I go, "I can't believe I ate all that." I believe it every time. Every time. I know. I know. I could, and I know I'll do it again. As cunning detectives, which we are, we know there's more to this than meets the eye. There's p- publicity has um, been thrown into the ring, and also activism is afoot because another source said that she was doing activism. So, just a reminder for all the fact fans, history buffs will know that in 1907, chicks can't vote in America. Uh, they have very few legal rights and are not permitted to participate in strenuous exercise because it was considered harmful to them. Uh, that sounds they... like a good rule. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> I'm with you, Viv. <laughs> they were supposed to stay in the home cooking and sucking off the men folk. Not good um, rule. Bad rule. Less less of a good rule. And yeah, that's not Are they me. doing that at the same time? Because I find that hard to cook anyway. No, honestly. <laughs> this is history, you guys. That's not even me being disgusting. That is just history. So... <coughs> Again, history buffs will know there was lots of activism at this time. People trying to get the vote. People wanting to give less bellow jobs. Bellow um, jobs. Bellow jobs. I love a bellow job. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's a horrible noise for people to have to listen to. My mum listens to this. Hi, mum. I thought mine does too. I thought you said below job, though, which is much more appropriate. Like it's below the belt uh-huh. and, stu- and such. We could read. We could read. Viv, any comments? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just going to let you guys keep digging this one. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I've been married to the same man for 20 years, so this may be something that just younger Your people know stories about. stories don't add up to how young you look. You're like, it was 1964, <laughs> I was 27, I was protesting on the streets right. of Washington, D.C. I'm, I'm yeah. really old. <laughs> well, um, keep doing what you're doing. So, I'm going to sidestep blowjobs for a moment we'll get back to blowjobs um, yeah, and give you too. some <laughs> what did you say you, you sidestep them 
I sidestepped in my duck. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I love the idea of getting out of blowjob by ducking. Duck! <laughs> or a sidestepping. Or a sidestep. Like, God, they come here for sort of like true crime, but our listeners, they really get some good tips. Really good, really good marriage tips. Honey, why aren't we doing more above jobs? We used to do so much above job. <laughs> Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Annette Callerman, Annette Callerman. It just means yeah. talking. <laughs> and a bum job is just having a heart to heart. That's really We're, lovely. <laughs> I'm not ducking from blowjobs. I enjoy history. <laughs> so, at this time, very few women in the USA could swim because facilities were restricted for men only and moral public sensibilities required women to ba- wear bathing costumes that made swimming impossible. Question, what is more important, the right of a woman to vote or the right of a woman to be able to save her own life by knowing how to swim? Guys, do you know what happened about five years after this? The fucking Titanic. <laughs> if women, that's why they were like women and children first, because women can't swim and children are dumb. So, like, that's... Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. I never thought of the fact that women... I mean, obviously, most of them maybe came from England or whatever, and I'm not sure what the rules were there. But that is mad to think that women couldn't swim or at least would feel a pressure to get into the water fully dressed and be but dragged that's, that's to the bottom. that's a very specialised level of swimming you're talking about. Yeah, it's your fr- plan <laughs> in freezing cold. surviving the Titanic is, if it's fine, guys, I can swim. And the I've got an Annette Kellerman cause... bikini with me. Yeah, it's all cool. Hannah, that's not, not everybody gonna... has a headboard to lie on. <laughs> My understanding of the Titanic is not great. So, <laughs> so hang on, uh, Katie, is this a this a philosophical yes, question rather than a legal is. question? This is a philosophical question. No wrong answers. Mm. Is it more important so, to have the right to learn to swim or to vote? One of them is life saving. One of them makes you a real person. I don't. Know. I reckon you're asking that because. It took so long for women to get the vote, which is ridiculous enough. But I bet that women got the vote and still were not allowed to swim properly unencumbered by woolen garments. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Sorry, go on, Hannah. Our female workplace. Um, (laughs) So I think, yeah, I I mean, my thought is that it's more important to be able to vote than to swim. Swimming is important, but not everyone lives by the ocean. Okay. But everybody needs fundamental human rights. Yeah. Maybe. Also, apples and oranges, don't pit them against each other. Sorry, Viv hasn't answered. Well, I I am inclined to agree with Hannah. I think if you have the vote, then you can do anything. Mm-hmm. So you can then vote for it to be legal to yes. swim. You, yeah, you that's a vote, nothing yeah. means anything. Yes, I like it. That's a great answer. Um, so, you see, we, can, we do philosophy on this podcast too. It's not all the intellectual history of blowjobs. Um, important the though that is <laughs> important though that is um, so I'm going to now tell you a little bit of tragic background that relates to this point in 1904 a ship called the General Slocum was taking 1,300 women and girls from Lower Manhattan to a church picnic on Long Island and it caught fire 1,000 women and girls drowned because they couldn't swim and this was the single greatest loss of life in New York City prior to 9-11. Oh, wow. Although I'm assuming oh my God, that, that excludes the genocide of the indigenous people that lived there. But it was the single biggest loss of life of 
the American people before that. That is wild. I can't believe we don't know about that. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I've never heard of it. No, it it feels like huge enough that we should have heard of it. Yeah, Um, and Hannah reads one book a year. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't that come up? Um, so even and even that basically didn't result in a relaxation of dress codes that would permit women to swim. So enter even that 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 didn't make it. Wow. Yeah. So just all these women and girls died, and everyone's like, "Yep, no, they have to wear woolly dresses. They're not swimming." So enter Annette Kellerman, and she was reportedly appalled at the restrictions and cumbersome pantaloons that women were expected to wear, so she staged a one-woman protest. She wore the men's swimsuit and was immediately arrested. But in a notorious courtroom proceeding, Kellerman asked the judge how many more women would have to die because they didn't learn to swim. She said, women can't learn to swim wearing more stuff than you can hang on a clothesline, which is quite (gasps) a burn. Come on, Annette! (laughs) Yes! Kellerman, Kellerman. Um, And she she also brought with her to the court a men's one-piece bathing suit that she had sewn leggings onto the bottom of, which meant that it technically conformed to the letter of the law. Oh, my God, I love her. Yeah. And I loved her anyway. Like, don't think (laughs) I had to be sold on her, but this is is No, she sort of lost me when she didn't finish the channel. Taylor, you can't row back from your hatred of synchronised swimming. You put that out there unashamedly. You said many terrible things about synchronised swimming. Annette's life force was water ballet. I feel like it was more of a side project. It was like Annette's podcast. You know what I mean? Like... She couldn't start a podcast, so she started synchronized swimming. Now it was not her main a whole thing. load of other people. <laughs> she, had, she had a lot of income streams. Um, anyway, question. What does the judge rule? This is, I have to say, hats off to you guys, or bathing costumes on. Um, this is an extraordinary story, and I love it. Yay! And I can't believe that detail about 9-11. It's just chilling. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It, is, it is quite confronting. So what did the judge rule? Was this a turning point or did it come later? That's the real question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because does he say she's an uppity bitch that needs to stop running that mouth my, and get some see, dick in it? You see, my only hesitation that doesn't... I'm going to ignore that. Sorry. <laughs> my, I'm going to sidestep. I'm going to sidestep. My hesitation here, because I want this to be a heroic story and I want this to be a happy ending. My hesitation is in the detail of her being Australian. And I think probably an American court and the American press would not want an outsider coming in and saying, look, you killed all of your citizens. If you had these bathing suits, this tragedy wouldn't have happened. People don't like that outsiders coming in and doing that. So I suspect she may have set a precedent and then somebody else takes the credit a year later. Interesting. That's such a great theory. That is such a good theory. It's not true though, is it? Well, I I will reveal in a minute. I think right now Viv is just thinking, let it be a good Bit like a good ending for my uh, for my show <laughs> oh, I'm going to make. My, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, the thing is, we could go into second series. You see now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to think that the judge would would see sense because it feels just so utterly kind of like yeah sensible it's, to be like why so don't we let white. 
Yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, with every single case we've done on this podcast, I've always gone, maybe they did the right thing. Yeah. And then I'm shown to be a sort of yeah. fucking idiot. So I, I think he's going to find her guilty and nothing will change until okay. a bit later okay. in the second series. Okay. And Taylor's nodding. You don't think well, he goes, sorry for hashtag all men? Let, let me pour a glass of wine that I don't need and I'll tell you what I think. Um... I'm going to stick with my original verdict, which is I think she's found guilty, but I think the sentence is light enough Okay. that she appeals and she becomes a bit of a martyr for the cause. Because if there is an element of PR in here, because guess what? You can have good intentions for PR and sort of self-centered attention. So she can be like, the Venus dive is going to benefit, but so are all Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to save and, lives and yeah. get loads of good PR. So I feel like we could have the Viv Groscup happy ending, One Piece, season two, Netflix, boom, all the awards. But yeah. also, she's got her own agenda too. But I think, yeah, I think, she's, I think she's found guilty. Okay, we've got Ooh. unanimous guilt. None of you are right, but you also you have also kind of tapped into like you were kind of right. Like you're not. I'll explain. Oh, Katie, so sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so nice. We've Perfect. sidestepped the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a flapping dick. Um, so, <laughs> Katie, what's going on in your home life right now? <laughs> flashing and that is the ultimate sidestep so it's yeah it's been in our minds from the yeah. beginning of we the can't importance. we can't not see them give um, us your right above... to sidestep yes <laughs> give us your above job yeah. take down okay of what so the judge is sympathetic he agreed to drop all charges against her if she promised to only wear the swimsuit that she had just made oh my god yeah. Oh, that's gross. That's it's even twattier, isn't it? It's kind of creepy, isn't it? <laughs> and can you also send me a picture of it or call me and tell yes. me yeah. what, what you're wearing when you put it on? Yes. <laughs> you know that point you were making, that brilliant point? Put it on. It's really creepy. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I hate it. It's technically a win, you guys. But it's <laughs> not, is it? Did she accept it? I mean, I suppose she didn't have any choice but to accept that as the verdict. Well, yeah, she accepted, yes, thank you, I won't go to prison. Um, and she did accept the um, new swimming costume. It was just the same as her old swimming costume, but with, like, a bit of fabric, the same kind of fabric from her knees to her ankles. So she could still swim in it. Um, so it was a win. It was like what a kind of thing that Lululemon charged like £129 <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a weird one. You call it's... it a combinaison. Yeah. <laughs> it's combinaison kind of... yoga. Yeah. And it's kind of like the judge got, got to feel like he did something. Like, hey, I didn't just give in. I put my foot down. But she right. still gets... I mean, it's, a, it's like a weird... It's but a very... it, and yet it's a man telling a woman what to wear, which yeah, is great. And, and that's a victory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish, like, in the Netflix version, I feel like she could be like, okay, but you didn't say I couldn't do this. And she bites the leggings off to make the shorts come back. <laughs> it could be a little, like, mm. moment. Mm -hmm. And that's what I call a blowjob. <laughs> 
Viv, you don't have to have Taylor in the writer's room. Let me just tell you that now. Um, I think it's important for her player. to be there. I'm a real team player. Um, so, question. How did the newspapers and the public react to this verdict? Mm, that's such a great question. Would they regard this as a triumph or a, or a collapse of standards? Yeah, it's interesting to wear their heads out. What, I mean, where... it's, it's, there's a growing momentum for the women's movement by mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. But maybe not that growing. Because, yeah, as we mentioned, like people still don't get the vote for about another 70 years. Yeah, 1921, this. they get the vote. <laughs> right, right, okay. So that's still 14 years away. Yeah. They're not going to like this very much, maybe. Okay. So you the think... headline, Radical Woman Revered. <laughs> that is a good pun for someone with your level of alcohol intake, Taylor. I know. I'm starting to get the British sense of humour. It's just how it's fuelled. It's something like in, indecent Australian pulls off a below job. <laughs> <laughs> Any advance, Hannah? Um... I was just really rattling through Australian stereotypes in my head and I've got nothing, so go on. <laughs> um, well, contrary to what you guys think, they loved her. Yay! The headlines were positive the next day. There were outpourings of public support. Because basically, yeah, everyone's sick of women dying because they can't swim. So it gets even better, as Taylor has touched on. Kellerman Swimline! St- yes! Kellerman started her own clothing range because everyone wanted that swimming costume too that they're now allowed to wear. And loads of women started swimming. Wow. Um, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Everyone started swimming. Well, this is a great Netflix ending. (laughs) This is a great TV Um, So the the Kellerman bathing suit is credited as a symbol and fact of a new freedom for women. She designed and manufactured the Kellerman bathing suit to a wide market. She felt its acceptance was her greatest achievement as it celebrated Mm. the natural form of women and made a state that the unadorned body was beautiful in itself to be boldly displayed and admired. Wide market is where I shop for my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Just as a side side note, Mm -hmm. this is where the Kardashians started. You know, this expression, like, the unadorned body is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, that's all gone a bit too far now, hasn't it? Interesting you should say that, because she has been compared to many, many modern women in the the 20th century and 21st century. Um, But And we will come to that, because before we can come to that, it gets even better, you guys. She goes to Hollywood, she's in films... Um, loads of them with an aquatic theme. She plays mermaids. She's a big star. She's living her best life. I love this. The other one is Esther Williams, isn't it? She was the real... Yes. Yes. So this paved the way for Esther Williams. Yes. Um, Because she was like 40s, 50s, right? Yes. Guys, I'm just asking for the listeners who don't know. Who's Esther Williams? (gasps) Esther Williams is like probably the most famous bathing belle of the Hollywood golden era. I would have thought it was a bit earlier than what Taylor said. I thought it was more like... Oh, really? Like 30s? Like, I thought she was in silent movies and then she was in the talkies, but it may have been... 
a bit later than that. I may have just brought, because I think of her as such a fashion icon and I'm a big fan of like... What, despite your hatred of synchronised swimming? Look, I was taught hate, Viv, but I'm evolved enough to move past it. Right now, I make a pledge to appreciate synchronised swimmage. Oh, also, this does not necessarily relate to what we're talking about, but in 1916, this is just a fun fact, Kellerman became the first major actress to perform in a nude scene when she appeared fully nude in A Daughter of the Gods Adulterer of the gods. A daughter. A daughter. Of the <laughs> oh, I was like, she, she plays lots of versions of Venus and mermaids. Um, so she marries. I had her. your husband Zeus. He wasn't that good. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> she marries her American manager, James Sullivan. This question is specifically Uh-oh. aimed at Detective Hannah George. What Either. year do they get married? I've got a feeling it's got something to do with uh, the White Star Line and um, Titanic. Is it 1912? It's 1912! Please don't say they died on the Titanic. (gasps) No, don't worry. They actually, they get married six months after the Titanic sank. Uh, It's a romantic time. The Titanic sank in April and they got married in November 1912. They got married six months later, like too soon, guys. (laughs) Very gauche. Very gauche. <laughs> um, so she had a long and happy life with this dude. She proposed to him and she wrote no books way. about... Yeah, that's great. Like in 1911, I guess. Yeah. That's really like forward thinking. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah. She's quite... Yeah, just quite a just crack summer stuff kind of person. Just everyone should be able to... Well, actually, that's not quite Apart from that she... fucking channel swim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, she she wrote books about health and beauty and how to swim. During the 1920s, she championed exercise routines and breathing and relaxation techniques. She wrote articles and books. She appeared in educational films. She toured America and Europe, um, advocating exercise and health. And her books were called How to Swim and Physical Beauty and How to Keep It. She was vegetarian and teetotal. Oh, my God. Um, and she Why never had kids. She more? And she... Well, maybe she's really well known and I just don't know her. Like, I'm no bar for but i just feel like she should be such a we should be like kellerman like we should utter her name but also weirdly loads of her films are lost she's one of the actresses from like the lost films so they're like they don't have like we can't watch her films they've only got like bits and pieces oh wow she died aged 88 five days after her husband in 1975 that's oh my gosh yeah what a life yeah, and she, she transformed women's sports. She's one of the first influential women to challenge society's lie that women cannot do strenuous activities outside of fellatio, am I right? Um, <laughs> she gets referred to as the original mermaid, swimming's all-time greatest saleswoman and the world's first great professional sportswoman. So let's raise a glass to yes. Annette Kellerman. Oh, yeah. Annette. Thank Woo. goodness she had rickets as a child and nice parents. Woo. Yes. Wow. Is she cl- I also, it would be so funny if in the, I don't want to go back to the channel swim, but if she'd been caught in Annette and that's the reason why she had to. Was her name Annette? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was. Your, your joke is solid, but still. <laughs> I was just like, um, guys, can I just fact check that brilliant joke I just made? Feels weird. What? Everyone was so... I just can't believe that nobody knows who this woman is. Yeah. 
yeah, but in the name... context of that terrible tragedy, a thousand women, like a thousand people of one gender, that mm. hardly ever happens in in a shipping accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty. It's not the sort of thing you just kind of think, oh yeah, whatevs. It's shocking. No, it's really it's crazy. And all because of a rule that men have told them that they can't... And it's not even that they can't swim, it's just they've made it impossible for them to swim. Yeah. Like, the rule wasn't you can't learn to swim, it was we're going to make it so impossible for you, which yeah. is just almost insane. a convenient loophole. Yeah. Wowzers. We know her name, though, now, and we shall shout it from the rooftops. Yes, we are giving Before her. attempting... The Venus Dive. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Okay, so we have a listener crime. Somebody has emailed us in. Uh, Lulu, thank you, Lulu, for this crime. Lulu says, Dear drunk women, last night while I was eating my tea, there was a knock at the door. A random man in a hoodie clutching a crumpled envelope was stood there. He had found an opened card addressed to me, screwed up with a cheque from my great aunt for 300 quid. It was found several streets away across a main road. Presumably, someone thought it was a birthday card full of cash and disregarded it when they saw it was a cheque. Who done it? Best wishes, Lulu. Wow. What do we think? So she's asking who stole... Yeah. How did, how did this happen? Yeah, who... And, and I mean, are we assuming that the person who's bringing it to the door is kind of looking for a reward, but actually he stole it? Well, that's so. Oh, that's, that's an interesting take. That's an interesting hypothesis. That that's what be. I was thinking. It's the only hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> You're a great detective. I, I speak you... with from the voice of experience. Yeah. I mean, the particular detail about what was it across a busy road? Like, I'm sorry, but that man is full of bullshit. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was assuming it was a man. No, she said, it was a, she said it was she a... she said it was a man? Um, yeah, um, she said... Yeah, he. A random man in a hoodie clutching a crumpled envelope was stood there. We yeah. have no description. We don't know if he's old, young, anything. It doesn't feel like a good Samaritan who chanced upon a crumpled envelope. Why would you even answer the door? I mean, why would you, why would you knock on the door? You just put it through the, the letterbox. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, actually... Oh, That's all I was thinking was, what a lovely boy. Um, yeah. I'm very naive. It nope. <laughs> nope. And meanwhile, he was flashing her. <laughs> yeah. She didn't even notice. The envelope, the check was just a distraction. It's called check flashing. <laughs> <laughs> it feels weird, though, that, like, how did he get that? Because... It would have just been posted in her post box, right? Like, how did he even come across that? Did he steal it from a postman? Fell on the ground from a Royal Mail employee. That's I mean, the most I... sober sounding thing you've said all night. <laughs> oh, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I think it probably did. It must have fallen out of a post bag. He's found it. He's opened it, thinking it's got some cash in it. Although, okay. I guess, why would you do that, though? But anyway... I presume that's what he's done. And then he thought, oh, it's a check. I'll take it round and then I'll get a reward. Interesting. Also, is she getting 300 quid from her aunt? <laughs> yeah. That, that is some great aunt, Can we right? join your family, Lulu? Did yeah. she say I mean, the not... amount? <laughs> 300 pounds, Taylor. Oh, my God. I mean, that might not be what... Maybe it was a big birthday. Maybe she turned 21 or something. 
Oh, I've had big birthdays and I have never had 300 pounds. My God. Oh, yeah. Like 10 bucks taped in the card for till the day I die. Yes. $300. Wow. Wow. Buy yourself a Kellerman suit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's amazing that, that she got it back. But yeah, I, I, do you know what, Viv? I think you're completely onto it because yeah. if it's made out to her, there's no way that guy could get the money. Yeah. Why knock on the door? It's because you want a reward. Yeah. Um, gosh, wow. Unless the only other option is that this isn't really kind of crime related or fraud related or reward related. It's that maybe they, we don't know that they don't know each other. Maybe he's in love with her. <gasps> this is okay. another Netflix series. Well, this is <laughs> this is like the neighbor you never knew, and oh, he yeah. he's been looking for an excuse to get in touch with her for a long time. Uh huh. Oh my god. And this card has provided it. <gasps> and then he bottles it, and he doesn't even ask her out. And then we call it royal fail. He sidesteps nice. his obligations. Or you've got <laughs> stolen mail. That would be. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I love that. Guys, got we've got so many mail. shows out of this. Oh, yeah. my God. We're going to be billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels great, doesn't it? Oh, my God. And one day we will send our nieces checks for £300. Yeah. Could you imagine? Because you you you've got stolen mail like, money. If you open the, guy, open the door and the guy at the door looks like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear, then it's one story. If yeah. he looks like a young Tom Hanks in You've Got Mail, uh-huh. it's another story. Yeah. So... Yeah. It's Is he trying to close on... down your bookshop? We need more information. <laughs> <laughs> and which is going to make us more money? I don't know. Are the Simpsons going to do a version of You've Got Mail With Me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, oh, I well, I feel like we've basically solved it. Yeah, so basically don't trust anyone, Lulu. Thank you for listening. We love you. But don't trust the men that come to your door. Yeah. They're Even all... if you live with them, like, don't They're... trust them. <laughs> They're all criminals. <laughs> but presumably all we know is that she then just looked at him nervously, took the card and the check and said, oh, thank you. And then as she closed the door, she thought... You've really got a handle on Lulu. I must, I must email drunk women about this. <laughs> yeah. Thank she you. has good instincts. She has good instincts. We're uh, the yeah, right people think... to come to with this. She knew something was something was afoot there. Yes, she and had suspicion, place. and she was mm. right. Oh, Viv, you are good value. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about a lot of things over the years, Taylor, and I brought that experience with me. Really <laughs> awesome. Well, Lulu, thank you very much. We've solved it. You're welcome. Woo. <laughs> And now we have just enough time to talk to Viv Bloody Groskop about what she is up to. I'm changing my name by deed poll to Viv Bloody Groskop. <laughs> love, <that. laughs> love it. BBG. <laughs> it is a good middle name, isn't it? Bloody, like Hannah Bloody George. Oh, I say that to myself. When something goes well, I just go, Hannah Bloody George. And it's good. It feels nice. It feels nice. You've done it again, Hannah Bloody George. This is why, I mean, I do want to have a child, but like, I'm worried that I'm going to give them the middle name Bloody. <laughs> do it. You're, no wrong answers anymore. You can do what you like. Um, I can't wait. So, 
We, um, so Viv has a podcast called How to Own the Room and now a new podcast as well. Yes, uh, I've been doing How to Own the Room for seven series now and it's wow. a podcast about women and brilliant speaking. Oh, yay. Um, which, of course, you know, the members of this podcast are all exponents of brilliant speaking and communication and never sidestepping <laughs> an you. opportunity to shine thank um, you i'm really i'm trying not to apologize and i think yeah, I'm really it's kind well. of a, it's a kind of a geek out about performance and cool. confidence and all that kind of thing and we've had everybody from hillary clinton to margaret atwood oh, yeah. julie andrews mira sayal Catherine tate yeah it's been wow. really fun and then when the lockdown hit, we've, we have continued it. And I used to always meet everyone face to face. And now we just do it from remote. Cool. But I didn't want the whole podcast to turn into talking about lockdown. I wanted us to continue uh, talking about owning the room and power right. and presence yeah. and all those things. So we started another podcast called We Can Rebuild Her. Ooh. Which is based on um, the motto of the bionic woman. Ooh. Uh, the 1970s tv show we can rebuild her we can make her faster taller better stronger and it's all about improving yourself reinvention change what do we need to change right now what needs to stay the same what do you do if like now you're questioning your whole life because of the pandemic yes there's lots of different conversations with people about that that's awesome yeah that sounds brilliant yeah i need to listen to this it has we we can rebuild her that most of the reason that i did it was because i wanted to commission a theme tune that sounds like a 1970s tv show (laughs) and i'm just waiting for somebody to sue me I have. It's, like, this, it's been commissioned. Yeah, it's totally. It's it's totally legal in the use of the theme tune because I've commissioned it. But I think it's going to drive somebody mad. It's like the weirdest, creepiest retro earworm you've ever heard. I'm so proud of it. And it has a robot voice lady as well who says, "We can rebuild her. We can make her better, faster, stronger." <gasps> nice I can't help but think we've come full circle where you had a bad experience as a kid in your circumstances but you had these progressive parents who said we will stand up for what is right yeah. you go in there and tell them it's illegal and then it's like you pitch that and we're like Viv <laughs> like, totally that's totally yeah and I guess in the 1970s when I wasn't being flashed at I was watching the bionic woman the Yay. 60 million dollar man Buck Rogers in the 21st century and those are all shows like anybody who grew up in the 70s and 80s it was a massive thing in tv shows to pose this question of how do you cope in the future when you feel less than human it was a massive theme yeah that's where everything like the bionic woman comes from and so I grew up you know thinking that's something really important yes and then when the pandemic started I was like yeah this is exactly what we were prepared for by watching 1970s television that's That's awesome yeah it really is that's very cool yeah I love it I can't wait for that theme tune slightly off key <laughs> robot voice robot voice <laughs> no that's awesome so we can listen to you there is there anything else you want to plug are you up to anything else i have been doing another radio play for radio four oh, cool. i write radio plays and i've just written a sequel to one that i did last year 
which it revisits all the characters in the time of coronavirus. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. That's I've cool. just been recording that uh, this week. And it's been so funny because normally you go, uh, it's really funny when you record radio plays anyway, <laughs> because everyone goes into the studio and then there's somebody who's in charge of the gravel. <laughs> and of the like clippy cloppy sound effects <laughs> and of making sure there's enough ice in the drinks to make sure that it makes the right noise and sometimes they run out of um I always put loads of fruit in my in the things that I write so that they have to eat the fruit whilst they're talking <laughs> uh, anyway and so now that everybody's doing it from remote and they can't be in the studio all the actors were just being so lovely because they weren't together in the yeah. same space and they were all calling out to each other darling that was wonderful oh. yes oh. i feel as if i'm with you oh darling yes oh no i'm here for you it was it was just so lovely it made me so happy oh, man. yeah so that's coming out in the next few weeks oh, and cool. that is called uh, what he would have wanted oh brilliant so that's, that's probably cool. so probably august yeah, over the summer, and, and, and it should be around for about six weeks. Oh, man, this all sounds amazing. I'm Thank not going to contradict that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Viv. You've been absolutely fantastic. Um, I feel as if this, this has changed my life. <laughs> find out, to find out about Annette, <laughs> so I'm, cool. I'm, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is go away now and look for a picture of her. Everybody give it up for Viv Groskow! Oh, Viv, you're a fucking legend. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.